Hi and welcome. Oh wow. Okay, that was a <laughs> high pitch. Wow to start off the episode. But um, hi and welcome to another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host Barra, and with me today in the studio, also known as my bedroom, is George Mercer. You may know George from his musical project My Tribe Your Tribe, which we'll be chatting about in length, amongst a bunch of other stuff. He really was very very insightful to talk to. Great fun. I had an absolute blast talking to him in person. So I really hope you've enjoyed the episode. And without further ado, here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson. episode 20 of the who art that podcast we're here with george of my tribe your tribe uh this is the second time we've had to do this intro because i messed up the audio at the beginning of it so <laughs> yeah you're good yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, hello. Good. yeah. There, yeah you're hey, how are you so i originally started with asking you how you were and how you've been getting on <laughs> yeah i'm good i'm good life is busy how are you keeping yeah not too bad yeah. busy myself I'm trying to get a job now in ux amazing which might take a long time but <laughs> full faith in you thank you very much full faith. um you were saying that you were dressing all in white these days <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a segue <laughs> yeah how do i re-enter that conversation without sounding like a creep i was um, about to say a bit of a uh, god complex going on <laughs> uh, yeah possibly yeah yeah i don't know what's happened uh with that i think i'm having fun i think with that uh, with color a little bit you know um previous versions of the band were very serious oh. and there was a there was a dress code you know that we adhered to and the dress code was like i maybe i kind of think it related back to a different time of like seriousness and, and equal music quality and dressing long yeah. black gear and yeah things are very serious <laughs> and like i think after a while that can tend to exhaust itself a little bit and um and then you can get to explore the whole other side of it like you know yeah what can you get away with then <laughs> really so you had a, like <laughs> what, is that it was it just for live and press stuff was it yeah i mean yeah. just if you had a gig that, you know yeah. that's, that's what you show up in really you know um i mean it was good that we we had like a, a vision in our minds about like what way we wanted to look and you know it was like it it was at a time when we were packaging ourselves up in a very specific way hmm. and we might have met people a couple of people at the time who were interested in managing the band and when we talked to them about it their vision was like you know you're this electronic style band and you know the lighting would be arranged in a very specific way triangular way and we always like triangular a, with we were, electronic music yeah always yeah <laughs> and the tattoos would be triangular as well but um yeah so there was a kind of like a, a vision at the time where where things were meant to very much look a certain way and um as time progressed you know some things came to fruition some things didn't and so the, where where it stands at the moment is that like you know i've got this like freedom where you know i can explore like all these different like aesthetics and, yeah, yeah um and it's quite like quite a liberty really to try different ideas i was about out. to say yeah, yeah. 
And like, yeah, just actually, we'll just we'll revert right back. Like, how did uh, my tribe, your tribe, actually begin? Like, were you in bands beforehand, and then it was a project, or? Yeah. So, initially, I was in college in Dundalk and Dundalk IT, and I formed a band there with uh, two friends uh, called Boil Ice Fire, and that existed for about maybe about three, three or so years. Um, and that was a lot of fun. It was like one of the nicest times to have a whole bunch of people like you know came to the gig that you were in college yeah, with yeah. and we played spirit store regularly and um bands would come down and we'd always like be the support to those guys yeah, until yeah. we do our own headliners and stuff so um yeah that was like an, an indie indie band uh, very much inspired by like math rock bands okay. and um trying to trying to take the math rock element as far into indie as we could go and <laughs> lot of energy on stage and i don't think i was very well like um i didn't really have a great ability to sing at the time you know okay. like it was all about like jumping around on the stage and <laughs> as high energy as possible and, <laughs> and singing was the afterthought really so um yeah and so yeah boilers fire was like a great great experience and it kind of petered out maybe about a year and a half after college and felt like it couldn't be taken any further um I have a distinct memory of um what was it like of of playing guitar in my room having my strat and trying out all these riffs trying to get the next song and and I felt like I was I was taking this math rock idea just way too far okay and none of it sounded like it made sense anymore and that was the point that I was listening to Fortet and and I think I was trying so hard to to do what electronic music could do mm. that i was just on the wrong instrument nearly and yeah uh, i had a phase where where i just kind of lost any ability or understanding or like care for <laughs> indie music altogether <laughs> and started listening to like electronic music and it was almost like a complete like regeneration of interest really yeah um i was listening to donald deneen on stay fm at the time he had a late night show and i just got so much value from that like there was just one night in particular where nearly like you know every track was like boom 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 and i was floored by each track i think there's a kind of a readiness in you and it was all electronic music was it, was, it? yeah it was all electronic music like apex twin uh, miracle fortress kind of stuff, just coming on as well sorry faithless um actually yeah i'm quite a faithless fan yeah. um in in a way that like you know uh there was one album to all new rivals and my brother had that album and listened to that to death when i was around like 17 18 um faithless at that point had kind of like i don't know they'd kind of like gone into the background somewhere but there was a lot of other different electronic bands popping up and i think i was just like ready for it yeah um, but that yeah that to all new rivals album is amazing it's so delicate and sweet soft you know do you yeah. know the funny thing is like i remember seeing faithless run a lineup for a festival it must have been like ep or something like that and i had no idea who they were and then as soon as i started listening to them i was like i know all of this where do i know all of this music they're just such they're a very yeah. very good band yeah, were they a night were they a 90s band or a naughty's band they were like, a 90s like, band fundamentally uh, like i suppose they're like, still, like they're most still, I know famous they're still going, then yeah. yeah and now i'm not sure they're still going on under that name or as maxi jazz now touring solo i think that's more what's happening okay but um yeah they kind of went through all of those years but it was I think when they started to mellow out a little bit that to me they became really interesting and yeah. I'm kind of like 
I'm the kind of person that I hear one album by a certain band and that does it for me. And <laughs> I rarely get like another <laughs> album that hits same. in the same <laughs> way. So yeah, like if we're to talk about like chronology of a band, I'll probably like, yeah, I'll always hit with the one album that I love and then the rest will be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that one. No, that well, I, I'm like <laughs> exactly the same. Like I always uh, rep, sh- uh, what do you call it? Death Heaven is one of the greatest bands going at the moment. But my favorite album is New Bermuda, which is the first one that I heard. Yeah. But the one that everybody knows is Sunbather. And if you meet like Death Heaven fans, <laughs> they're just like, what are you talking about? New Bermuda's not even close to their best album. I'm just like, yeah. it is though. Yeah, yeah. It is. How and they just have that conversation? Yeah. And, and it's just, and it becomes one of those like, kind of like, this is the most, this is the most pointless conversation. You're not going to agree at all. But I, I just, it's, and same with like Nine Inch Nails, my favorite yeah. album by them is easily yeah. The Fragile, which is the first time I heard by them. Okay. But yeah. like, you know, I'm not familiar with that one of, now. But yeah. of, it's the one right after a Downward Spiral. Right. And okay. it was lambasted yeah. by critics when it came out. It's a double album and it's mm. genuinely fantastic. But if you talk to any Nine Inch Nails fan, they're just like, what are you talking about? A Downward Spiral is definitely their best album. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it though? <laughs> We're all so unique. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are really like Trent Reznor is one of those very, very strange guys, but he's just able to just every single thing just sounds like a little bit different every time but not like it still sounds like Nine Inch Nails but if you were to hear like a downward spiral and then hear what was the one that came back haunted on it you'd be very like is it, I would know these are Nine Inch Nails albums but they yeah. do sound very different right yeah actually that's probably a bad ex, uh, a bad I'm with you though because yeah. the, the, that that album that came, what came back haunted on it does sound very similar to Nine Inch but anyway you know what I'm saying mm. anyway <laughs> But it's very hard to do that. It's very hard to have two albums consecutively that sound like um, like the sound is coming from the same place. Yeah, yeah. And as an artist, I think you want to be different. You want to move on. And um, I suppose when, when certain art... When, yeah, I suppose when certain like fans, you know, you really love this band and you expect the albums to be the same, the artist is never going to be the same again. Like you do, like the amount of work that goes into putting out an album and the touring with it like you're never going to want to explore that sound That's and you can't if you want to even that, I never get that about fans where they complain about the album not sounding similar to the previous album it's like they're like it doesn't sound like the, and you're just kind of like why would you want the mm. same album twice yeah and like you're yeah. it, like it's it's I feel like it's just as you said there like every album is kind of like you're capturing lightning in a bottle in that it's that particular moment of when it hits that that's yeah. what's on the tracks and like to have to try and replicate it every single time with the same sound would just seem pointless almost yeah, well like the process of doing an album is real trial and error anyway so mm. i mean i think of caribou and uh, the swim album and from what i've heard that was like you know an album failing apparently like it oh. was meant to be a whole other thing and, and or maybe no maybe i'm wrong swim no it wasn't actually swim it was the one beforehand i think it was the milk of human kindness okay Oh yeah, I should have researched this. I'm not very, <laughs> I'm not very similar. I'm not very familiar with Caribou, okay, to be honest. Yeah, well, um, talking abstractly anyway, okay. moving away from <laughs> specific details. <laughs> um, yeah, like you know, Dan Snaith of Caribou, he had an album, and the album was intended to to be a certain genre or a certain way, and it failed in being that. But it landed somewhere between you know what it was meant to be and what it what is <laughs> what it was is that like I by pure know. luck or just um well i suppose like you're luck you're making an album of, and kind of you try word. to do no like you yeah. try to do an album in a certain way and you have the way you think it's going to be and then you have all the little mistakes that happen along the way um and then it becomes your own thing because it has mm. its own sound and you know it's like 
yeah life's what ha- life's what happens when you're busy making plans right <laughs> yeah it's it's just like that though really yeah um, so like that's a freedom if anyone can you know work on music and admit to themselves it's probably not going to come out exactly as you intended it to and and it could be all the better for it as well but if you're you know if you were to i've done this before by the way like where oh sorry where i knew one track was like yeah this is something that i really like and this is something that you know someone nodded towards being like yeah this is like you should do more of this and then i go back to the lab and it's like right okay let's (laughs) let's do that track again and it's just never gonna happen because like you're not the same going back to try and do it um or i can be a little bit contrived or else maybe you get lucky and it sounds like oh you know i think <laughs> once that happened where it's like i did the same track twice but yeah it Just never got released <laughs> oh it never got released <laughs> never oh. got released no because it's like by the time you, you i don't know by the time that you're going back to try something older you know the, the what's really you is happening now yeah you can't you can't uh force yourself to do yeah this is an interesting conversation actually because because this is something that that occurs to me a, a lot that there's the music i think i should be doing and then there's the music that is like actually honestly what i'm supposed to do now okay and it's usually like a bit of a fight with myself over it um <laughs> yeah well like just like a frustration thing like should i like but like so, so surely they come in the middle at some point as well though yeah like it's all happened in cycles really um there was the phase of my tribe your tribe where i was pushing it in an electronic direction um an electronic like with a band sound yeah but um as time progressed myself and the bandmates that i was with at the time kind of realized it was very hard to do that as a band Mm. and out of like you know respect to the people that i was like playing with you know i wanted it to be a band as opposed to just like laptop music yeah and so the yeah i suppose it was like a decision that okay well you know if we can't really make this sound like a full-fledged like electronic band i mean you know we didn't have like four synthesizers and a big tech <laughs> setup like you know we were yeah. we were all broken but we but i loved caribou and fortet and you know and, but i also love like bands like um deer hunter and oh, deer hunter, you know yeah like fading frontier was like okay now there's synths there and it's that yeah. ethereal sound but it's a grungy, a grungy kind of like psych sound. Mm. And so in a way, there was a kind of a compromise with myself there, you know, trying to trying to um, trying to collaborate, trying to make people happy and trying to fall somewhere between that electronic sound and and that kind of like more easy on the ear. That's not what I really mean. Like well when you have a band of bass drums and guitar and all your keyboards and synthesizers are in logic or yeah, they're on yeah, a yeah. keyboard that you know you don't have a keyboard player or a synth player <laughs> you know what are you going to do about it so it yeah. becomes a rock band and then and then i suppose i realized that like yeah i i fundamentally like really missed that whole like electronic ethereal thing and ended up as a rock band <laughs> and then uh following on from that then it was like a journey of like trying to get back to like what i really loved um but also retaining some of the kind of like character of that kind of like psych sound yeah um and also to make it 
like I think having limitations of not even limitations, but like using a band is, is great. And how how much can a band become electronic as well? Um, and I suppose just to round it all down, I, to me, what my tribe, your tribe, has ended up being is like that fight between electronic music and a band. Mm. I, I don't know if that sound kind of silly. No, 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 because I, I yeah. like, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I was just saying, I get exactly what you can, because you can hear it when you're listening to it. You're like, there is a band here, but there's also like, especially like on the new single 100%, you're like, there's the, all these like colorful sounds and it's like, but there's still like, there's still the band element. Like it's, it's kind of like, I, I didn't want to say perfectly balanced, but they do kind of like I know I know, I agree with you. I wouldn't I, think it's I, perfectly balanced at all. No, that's I didn't. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's not what I mean. Like I didn't mean perfectly balanced, but yeah. I, like there is that. I I understand what you said. There is that clash yeah. of the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and that that uh, that journey is ongoing. You know, like there's yeah. there's limitations to the way things are. You know, like there was a point in a point for me where where I mean I did that album. I learned a lot from you. And that was an album yeah. where, like, I gave my life to to doing that. And, you know, it was a while where, like, I didn't have a job. And I decided this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to, like, you know, give, like... You give, know, it, give it your all. Give, give it your all. all yeah. you know? Like, literally your all. Literally yeah. your all, yeah. And then there's a point where you realize that, like, you know, it's good to have a life. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to meet is people. It? And, yeah, like, I, I mean, I wasn't really, like, great at socializing then. I kind of lost some of the ability to, mm. like go out and see people and go up to Dublin and it felt like a different world because I was like you know I was just like in my grandmother's house just recording and uh, doing a bit of music teaching on the side as mm. well but it was it was really all about that and I couldn't like sit still until that was done um so I think I'm going on a bit of a tangent here there was no no this is just <laughs> flow of consciousness I'm flow to of consciousness what my point what... was but uh <laughs> yeah like the limitations are what, I'm, what we're getting back to really of then i had the ability to like record an album and mm. you know uh with the drummer todd yeah uh, who was like you know my right hand man for like putting that all together has he been around since the beginning because he's yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely pretty, yeah. yeah um todd um well, well going back to the very start was like myself doing like you know electronic yeah. eps and you know uh, things like that and it was very hard to get any traction that way and then I met Todd through playing with a different band. Um, we met playing with like Emma Langford's band. We became like Emma Langford's backing Why band. Do I know that name? Yeah, Emma, yeah, Emma's doing great. Like she's yeah, been like that name, yeah. solidly working for like years. And we had a very brief like stint with her. But oh, I cool. mean, we we met through playing as like the rhythm group for for her basically. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and and then we went away and we like did our own thing. We played in another folk band as well. We played in like um Killian King's band. Um he went on to play with Notify, great musician from Limerick. So yeah, we were doing like little bits of, you know, pockets of yeah. stuff with other people <laughs> and then, you know, he went off to Canada and I was like plowing away with these like electronic tracks and then he was like, you know, let's why we why not try and do this like mm. as a band and so then my tribe, your tribe became like this like two piece thing. And actually, maybe just before that, it was like a four piece as well. It was a big yeah, I band. I saw that it was a four piece and then it was a yeah. three piece. And it was like, so I was just like, how are you, who was, who was he here? Yeah, well, <laughs> what, what the hell was going on? What was the reality? <laughs> the reality was, was that like, it was just a, a bedroom electronic project. And then I wanted to play live and then, you know, threw a band together. And then 
started the process of actually of actually figuring out like how this is going to be you know a actual good band and yeah. what do we need to do we we're very young again and you know we tried a lot of things but yeah it was like going from a four piece down to a two piece was was really interesting mm. and we could see that like you know when we were doing gigs there that whatever gig we did turned into like another one and i think it had a look of like oh this is this is a bit different and the, the two-piece thing two-piece electronic indie band kind of had a kind of a, a ring to it at the yeah. time and so yeah so we kind of got some good gigs out of that and and then with a little bit of a little bit of attention or you know getting onto like a few festival gigs things like that yeah, which yeah. are totally new to us and so exciting um we got to that point where it's like okay we're electronic but we need this to be like bigger we need to fill this out so we added another member you know yeah and we did that until the electronic aspect fell away more so went to like a kind of a an, an indie rock sound and and that kind of exhausted itself out and yeah i mean to be perfectly honest like around that time I felt in myself that it wasn't working. And oh, really? It was a yeah. It, it wasn't like an easy thing to do because I felt like the identity of the band was starting to be confused. And, okay. And it was yeah. I mean, you know, it was like you want to collaborate and you want everyone to be happy. And but yet, it the more that we tried to do that, it seemed like the less happy it made things. Okay. You know. So yeah. <laughs> long story cut short. Yeah, like it just didn't really work out, and then you know another six months or so was like kind of back to square one again and and then i started thinking about well now what do i want to do like how do i actually want this to be and and the answer was just to go and write like a whole bunch of new tracks and say this is it let's go do this now and okay. um by that point todd was like you know was like yeah great okay this is like sorted now we know what to do this these are the back to tracks off we go and gig them we weren't like we weren't going to be like in a rehearsal room spending, you know, a few months trying to figure out yeah. like how to do these tracks. Um, it was like, it just needed to be, I just needed to go away and sit down and do it. Yeah. And, yeah. and since then, um, having, having done that, it's been a lot easier. It's, it suited me a lot better to just like put tracks together myself and I've settled into like the band is, you know, my tribe, your tribe is, is really like fundamentally my solo project um there's been stages of collaboration and there will be again but in order for there to be a theme throughout it it relies on me just um committing to finishing things yeah, myself yeah. really yeah. did you have that thing like when you're making music where it's like oh this is beginning to sound too electronic and oh this is beginning to sound too much like a band does that would that ever occur to you while you're putting it together yeah yeah, yeah. there's a couple <laughs> of couple of instances of that of like yeah i don't know <laughs> like yeah there was a few times of it just being tricky tricky to like i don't know wake up myself and go like oh this used to be like <laughs> this used to be like an electronic kind of like synth like ethereal synth band and now it's like kind of a garage rock sound yeah, yeah. really but i will put that down to myself and being quite like open and i've listened to a lot of music over the years that comes from different genres and so when i play with other people who if their tastes are like you know if they're into certain types of like indie artists i'm like okay well that's our common ground and then so we move into that common ground mm. but i've only yeah when you're working with yourself like 
you you're more aware of when you start to deviate and it's only with yourself i'm not sure if that makes sense no i know it's like I, it's yeah like at least you have the excuse of going in different directions with other people because it's what they want but when you're doing it with yourself then you're kind of just trying everything out and you don't really have like a consistency so definitely i have had like large periods of my time <laughs> where i've been like pulled between different genres and i think like most of my 20s were like that and and I think that's maybe been a good thing in the long run, maybe a bit agonizing in the, <laughs> in my, you know, when I was like in my mid twenties be because of seeing things go different directions. But, um, I like to think that now the way things are is that those influences are starting to, I don't know, like they're gluing together in more subtle ways. Mm. Whereas before, if I liked, you know, when I was like 24, I, I really liked one of the vaccines albums. And so I fused that with synths, you know, yeah, yeah. and then I don't really know whether that worked very well, <laughs> but like, but it had to be explored, yeah, yeah. but maybe, maybe there's a more subtle element that of, of a, a band like the vaccines that you could take influence from. Like I started to think, well, what is it do you like about that? Like, what do you actually like about yeah. that? Almost like deconstructing it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a learning curve. Like that's like something that you know you need to sit down with yourself and go like okay well actually i like the sincerity of the lyrics are i like maybe certain elements of the guitar playing or something yeah but you don't need to go and like do a vaccines track you you can just borrow from <laughs> genres in more subtle ways and then try to be very strong with yourself about like know what it is that you're doing and make that be your limitations yeah um yeah and then just try your best to stick with them because you know like yeah it could go art's great you can yeah. try everything out mm. but i suppose what this all boils down to is like when you get to a point where you're like oh i think i could like have a stab at a career in this then consistency is really important you can try anything under the sun otherwise yeah but when you're when you're looking to play like a year's worth of gigs and that and you want to like double the capacity of the venues or you want to play like a, a festival stage like twice as big the next time or whatever mm. though like that takes identity you know and yeah that that can be tricky and there's a lot of components that going into organizing that whole thing as well yeah yeah it's been nerve-wracking getting that like thinking thinking like okay i'm at this level can i go to this level like do you know what i mean like it's really exciting it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really really exciting actually well, yeah. well, well nerve but, but i understand yeah it's, do you know when when i was younger it felt like every small little thing that i did mattered so much and as i got a little bit older m the answer to that was like well no it's the longer span it's like you know what would it be like what's the band like in a year's worth of gigging instead of like how are we that night and oh, what yeah. i i asked these people to come down to the gig and they were like from sony and i asked someone to come down from somewhere else <laughs> and like did they did they like it and was that the best gig we ever did and if not you know all Just this stuff yeah yeah. yeah yeah so like there's so much personality development in it like it's all personality development and like there's every mistake in the sun that you can make when you care too much and i think some people some people have like conditions where they're set up in a way that maybe there's m better nurturing or 
or maybe they have like greater limitations hmm. um or else maybe they just work a bit smarter but like yeah i i think i feel i feel like the, when i was younger i was a bit misguided or like i never was able to find like the right mentorship or something to be like cool this is good guys like you've got this going for you here um right and here's how you can like make it a little bit yeah <laughs> here's how you can contain that and you know yeah I, I felt like it all came from us or myself basically yeah so, so like well i don't use the word trial and error but like so just learning as you go like more or less yeah no definitely trial and error so, yeah so and, have you yeah. been diy the whole time then basically um when I started out with my tribe, your tribe, it was DIY for a couple of EPs. And then we went into a few different studios. Um, I feel like we were always very hands-on to the point of like frustrating people. <laughs> yeah. we, we were that band who Let were me like, do my job. <laughs> yeah, like we, you know, sheets out and one person wanted like, can you turn the, the can you turn the snare up like 2 dB and then and then the other person <laughs> goes well can you turn the guitar down 2 dB <laughs> you know and then the producer's yeah. like you need to leave <laughs> 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 no that never that never happened but maybe it was thought about but no that's a learning curve as well you know but then yeah. in all that time like I've always loved working with producers and even before that with the previous band you know I was like I always loved being over the shoulder you know yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for better or for worse and so that got to a point of like I always felt like I wanted to get better at, at you know, the actual technology of it. Hmm. So hit like um, whatever year it was and just went and bought tons of gear. And, you know, yeah. Whopper Credit Union loan, still paying it <laughs> off. But um, yeah, and I still have, to, you know, I'm still using the same stuff today. And I feel like over the past couple of years and, you know, with the lockdown going on and with just nothing but time to do like loads and loads of recording at home, um, yeah, I feel like I can release stuff now where, I mean, yeah, I suppose I'm starting to get to a point where I feel good about it. And yeah, yeah. Um, I would still love to go to studios, you know, to for the sake of maybe like reincorporating like drums back into it. Sure. That's a different beast recording drums. Oh, I'd say recording um, drums is a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I did it with Ta before. You know, we did an album of it, which was like <laughs> way too much, <laughs> way too much. But um, But it was a really good learning curve and got a lot out of it. But it really comes down to like, yeah, it comes down to money, really. Um, mm. you pay your. I live in city center, Dublin, and you know most of my money goes on on that. Yeah. And uh, when and if there is an opportunity to like put down a few hundred euro to go into someone else to like, hey, let's um do this track, but let's do it with drums. Um, let's get some help with like, you know, maybe, maybe like live, uh, our our guitars maybe working guitars in a room or something like that yeah that'd be great um but it really does come down to like um limitations i'm i'm diy kind of because i have to be but also yeah. because i enjoy it as well and like the the less i can afford to go and spend money collaborating with other people the more time I spend getting better at it, really. True, so, yeah, yeah. And that keeps me going with it. Like, but like, I even I remember being floored by the pricing of uh, record a rehearsal. Not even a, sorry, not a rehearsal, but a recording space for about a week. I was like, how do you expect young bands to feckin' get in here and record a song? I actually don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> how that works? <laughs> no, there's there's there is funding, various avenues of funding, yeah. and I know that process can be kind of like rigorous, and it can take a, a few goes to get there. Um, 
like I have applied for things, you mm. know, a couple of times. I wouldn't say I've been like the person to be pushing for year after year. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I do think it is quite difficult to be able to afford to run a band without the help of other people. Yeah. Um, I think the best model for having a band is that you're all collaborators and you all, you know, front up like a couple of hundred quid together. You go into someone, you put down the track, the producer says what way it's going to be, you know, like, yeah, in, yeah. like he's going to, he or she's going to like really help you get that track to a level that you wouldn't have got there beforehand. Um, yeah, like that's, that's perfect. So sometimes I'm envious of bands like that. Yeah. Like there's a few metal bands that I know of actually death heaven again, but like what they did was because money was tight, they were like, and like, you know, having to record the drums in a metal band, it's kind of, if you have shit drums in a metal band, it's not going to sound good. But what they do is, I can't remember, it was like they rehearsed like crazy for a whole year, just nonstop, had everything perfect, and then went in and then recorded everything in like three days. And we're like, we're done, that's it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just having everything just perfect and just go bang, 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 bang. That was, yeah, but that was yeah. built out of necessity rather than actual, you know, no room for error, basically. That's like the total opposite of the DIY bedroom artist yeah, idea. <laughs> Literally the which entire... Is, <laughs> which has taken over, like all our friends are DIY bedroom yeah. artists. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm saying that jokingly, you know. No, no, like most people... Very are, fondly. But yeah, <laughs> no, I don't have any friends that are in a re re rehearsal space going, no, recording space going, okay, maybe we can use this guitar. They're in there going like, no, if they're recording it, they're like that. But like, I think a, a lot of people I know are recording even shit on their phone and then bringing it into logic or whatever and just fucking around with it and just making these crazy noises like it is yeah you can still you can the diy thing is slowly coming very 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 much a super legitimate way of recording music like yeah yeah no i mean we're really lucky to yeah. like have affordable technology to do it um there are pros and cons to both when you're diy recording it's very easy to let the computer fix your problems mm. and like you said you know when you're a band in a room and you spent three months rehearsing this and writing it and you go in and it, and you record it in a, a week of just like tracking every track together all played live together like there's something really special in that that i think only few bands really get around to doing yeah so and i think it's definitely worth striving for you know the the best kind of like band performance that you can have but um yeah i mean computers will always sound a little bit like you're doing music on a computer yeah you know <laughs> And, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, but that's part of what it is as well, right? Isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is like, like I, like I, that that laptop there. So that I have two laptops on my desk. One's broken and one works. But um, like I was able to plug that fucking thing into it, and like there's no fancy software on that at all, and was able to record a couple of synths on it, no yeah, problem. Yeah. It's crazy, just like like how accessible things have been made these yeah, days. Yeah. Now I would imagine I would have been able to do that like five or six years, five or six years. Ago. Wait, actually. That's nearly 10 years old now, I think. <laughs> still working fine. It still works fine, yes. It got about a year's worth of uh, work where I kept going. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking make something out of this. <laughs> and everybody was just like, because I was just doing noise shit off it. Um, nice. Because it's Thank a mini you. brute. Uh, but like, I was just doing noise mm. stuff on it. I, was, oh, I, said this in the, okay. I said this in the last podcast, but I was like, just making these wretched noisy synth sounds which is like screaming into a microphone and a friend of mine was like who is this for and i was just like i was like i like it he goes it's so aggressive because you're not an aggressive person at all he's like Brilliant. why is the well, you goes, are does, now. does it mean <laughs> i was like does it mean anything i was like no most of the time it's just like just <laughs> <laughs> which is this horrible noise in the back 
And then, of course, you know, uh, our friend Zach comes over and he's able to do fucking Daft Punk on it within two seconds. And my <laughs> friend's like, why do you, why can't you get it to sound like that? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's because collaboration is needed. Yes. Or maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I just had a vision of you. I think you're like Ireland's answer to Duncan Trussell, you know. Oh, okay. That's I actually, I appreciate here. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, is he is he the Midnight Gospel? Isn't he it? is the Midnight that's Gospel him, yes. guy. Yeah. Very interesting man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you both have like, you know, laughs on the same kind of Richter scale as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the same Richter scale. <laughs> well, that was, yeah, that's uh, half of what I meant. No, no, I get it. Don't <laughs> worry, I have been told many things about my laugh. Many, I've heard good and bad. <laughs> well, he's got the crackle, you know. Yes, he does he's actually. Got that <laughs> <sand>. <laughs> he's such a strange man. I remember not liking him for ages. And then I was like, the more I kind of like, you know, when you, when you listen to, I was, I always have this thing where like, when you listen to a podcast enough, it's like, it's that, um, that poster of the kid looking at four people having a conversation and he's laughing with them, but it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a picture. You do feel like, you know them, but you've yeah. never met them or anything just because you've listened to them over and over and over yeah, again, talk about yeah. themselves. No, he's but, a um, very easy person to, yeah. to love. Yeah. But, uh, so I was like, I want to talk about the latest single hundred percent. So I was just like, where did that uh, single come about? Um, I think over the years I've been trialing getting as close to a kind of disco electronic sound mm. as possible. Um, lockdown was a good, you know, good couple of years of just trying out like what psychedelic music is. Um, well, actually, the the very start of lockdown was trying a lot of like indie electronic um, styles and thinking that that was where I was headed. And it was really interesting because because I did like two and a half months of that got to a point where i was like what is this like, <laughs> just, like it just didn't i just it stagnated and i took it to the yeah. end and i let that die off and there was one track at the end of that which was basically just the start of like going into lockdown there was you know three months where i was at home with family and it was the end of the towards the end of that second month where there was this one track where i demoed and i thought okay right now that's <laughs> that's something here something else yeah. and that's interesting because i haven't done something like that before and then i did another you know another good stretch another whatever year and a half two years of where can that go then yeah and 100 is at like almost at the end point of all of that um so yeah like i think that track brings forward some of the kind of like electronic sound that i've had beforehand but more of a kind of a a groove in terms of like you know i was practicing bass lines or i was very interested in like soul and funk and african music and brazilian stuff as well and so i was like thinking about how can i bring this really kind of like fun playful um sound into the what i've been doing before and in some small ways maybe fighting a little bit with like is this going to be psychedelic <laughs> is, you know is this am i a psych person now or yeah you know or am i going to do like soul funk and then then that track pops out which is to me it's somewhere like a little bit in between it all but it's got yeah. some of the earlier you know yeah some of that earlier electronic sound as well um that's it in terms of the sound of it, sound anyway. of it yeah <laughs> like when you say actually brazilian stuff what like is that like the like traditional brazilian music um more so, I suppose, the way that traditional Brazilian music entered into the 70s and 80s. Okay. So a lot of like 
bands that had like yeah sort of bringing in keyboards and synths and that kind of stuff but yeah i mean a couple of artists like gal costa or marcus valle or sandra sa um really lush sounding um yeah lush productions you know kind of stacked keyboards okay. there was one really really well known um jazz pianist who came over to brazil i wish i remembered his name <laughs> i have a ter terrible memory but he was a large part to play in uh the music that kind of fed into that jazz style that fed into a lot of like 70s and 80s okay. uh, <clears throat> uh music by brazilian artists which kind of some of it had a kind of a psyche edge as well but yeah yeah i think brazilian music was kind of like oh no they're doing like lots of chord changes and it's like stacked chords and it's really really like lush and colorful and it has this kind of like some of it had that kind of disco element going on with it too so um yeah that's see it's just when you like when you mentioned brazil that like anybody who knows me is going to go don't ask it don't say it mm -hmm. but i i instantly thought of sepultura and i was just like it's he's definitely not referring to that type of brazilian <laughs> music there's not a hope but um like one of the things that went through my head the first time i heard i think in terms of like i was also the uh the single artwork helped is like i was like this sounds so fucking colorful like it's just that was the first thing that i just went into my head when i was listening to it i think it was on the way to where was i i think it was on the way to london when i listened to it in the morning but um but like, ha like when terms like my like composition, when you're bringing the song together, like, do you start off with lyrics or does it just come like, it's like, oh, I like that. Then this could work here. Or like, how, do, how does it all come yeah. together in your head? They're kind of running. It? Sometimes the lyrics and the music are running in parallel to each other. So if something is happening, like a life event, that's usually like, give me the best indication that that needs to become a song mm. or the words need to go into a song. Um, so the meaning is kind of backing up that uh, confidence I'd have to actually like make a song out of those lyrics. Yeah. Some things are just events and they're, and you just have to use those moments. Um, otherwise, it's kind of very hard to know about what am I supposed to... It, ha yeah, it has yeah, to hit yeah. you on a larger level, right? Um, but in terms of like, you know, composing or writing a track like that um, really is just as simple as like on a beat that i just really <laughs> like you know like yeah. uh, how what's the most like fun beat i can think of at the at the time um so i use ableton and m i mostly use the the clip function in ableton this is a little bit nerdy no work away it's a <laughs> music podcast <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i started to use the clip function in ableton and that is like there's two different windows in Ableton where you just have like, you know, you're tracking going from left to right. Like mm. we're currently, you can yeah, see it there yeah. now. Right. And on the opposite, you press tab and then you're like able to record samples into all of the different channels. And oh. you can press play then on the different sections of those channels. So you have like, I don't know what you'd call it. Like you, <laughs> I wish I remember the terminology, but you have <laughs> all of your samples on the top line all of your your next array of samples so you can have a verse up on the top in the second you can have like a chorus right. so basically you can just trial an error like a live like almost like a dj set of yeah. like i'll do a verse for a few minutes or not a few minutes yeah. like for 30 seconds and when you start to feel like it gets a bit boring you're like okay i'll try out a different section with it and so you can a b between like different chord progressions so yeah like so this is a very nifty feature like you know when i when i started doing it that way i was like 
I don't know, it just made everything so much faster. Yeah, there was none of this copy did, and yeah. paste. Um so yeah, like that that's really, really damn handy. So like I gave myself like kind of the test of like just make sure you have uh three or four different chord progressions going on. So I'll just do as many chord progressions as I can and then I'll A B them between each other and like sometimes the tr- it's sometimes the track is one track also it becomes another mm. and then i have that junction where i'm like okay well you started it as this like style of track and actually it's meant to be this other completely different track and using that clip function allows me to like you know get real with what the track's really gonna be yeah, you know yeah. that the, the illusion of like what you the cool dude you were you are when you went in be like i'm gonna <laughs> make a disco track yeah yeah and then an hour later two hours later like you're doing something completely different because that's what you actually needed to do i was about to say like did you, so when you go into a song you don't ba- you don't go do you go in with like an intended you don't go in with the intended purpose of like this has to be this particular sound or do you like you just let it just free flow basically and see where it goes um i have an idea about the way i want it to yeah, be yeah. and it's either going to happen or it's not <laughs> but i'll try and see where it wants to go as well mm. So that's kind of like, yeah, that's like trial and error again. Um, but I can be often quite accepting of what way it's going to be or else I suppose it's like the tools that you're using are going to probably get you there. Like if you're playing guitar in a certain way with a certain effect on it with a keyboard synth sound that sounds a certain way, then it is ballpark going to become um, <clears throat> a psychedelically tinged in the electronic track like yeah. it's yeah i suppose knowing kind of trusting that those parts are going to make something that you set out to make that's possible yeah um maybe when you're when i was younger you know playing with guitar and synth and drums could have been anything at all but it seems a little bit easier now to kind of like you know narrow my focus down yeah yeah it's funny when I hear psychedelic, I used to always just think it was just the grateful that meant just the Grateful Dead, like that sound. And ah. then fr- friends of mine were just like, "No, you fucking idiot." Well, it's, you could be right. I don't know because <laughs> well, I've, I mean, I've been told that I'm wrong about this before. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. But that was also part of like the the adventure of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, no I was really I was talking to an is. artist. <laughs> I was talking to an artist and uh, like musician, singer songwriter, and and she's like, you know, she's well up on like her psych music and mm. um well i name her it'd be cool if i named her well i don't know if you can name her unless she knows oh, that you've okay. named her okay well then i'm not going to name yeah, her yeah i don't I, I don't think you <laughs> Legally can name speaking, people yeah okay. <laughs> just <laughs> this is a call out <laughs> <laughs> anyway um but it was a good conversation because like i was you know we were sharing music and and i was like yeah i'm doing like you know this kind of like i'm into kind of psyche music and you know i'm doing this and she's like that's not no it's not actually psychedelic music you know it's like it might be like you know neo psychedelia but it's no it's not like it's not like psychedelic and then i was like what is what does that mean yeah like does that mean because there's yeah. like the psych psych trance as well yeah oh, which, I've se- which i've seen psych tra- psy trance yeah oh is it psy yeah. trance yeah i've always a, thought it was psych trance and well, i was just like is a psych trance there probably as well. is as well but there's everything <laughs> and and i don't really mind the terminology too much i think even having the question of like you know is this psych and what is psych is enough to keep me like going for a while yeah, yeah. so like sh- you know she may be right and like psychedelic music you know originates from a certain time of people taking certain substances (laughs) and at their gigs and that's grateful dead yeah yeah (laughs) and and every other array of band that did that and i probably wouldn't think that i my music would be classified currently as psychedelic music but 
um but using that thought of what it could be mm. will keep me going i don't think caribou would be titled psychedelic music but i find it heavily psychedelic um or like glass animals zaba oh, glass an- well yeah glass animals oh, i was getting like yeah. a very kind of like funky weird vibe off them but they're yeah. fantastic bands yeah I'd yeah so live like have you seen them live before? i've seen them yeah i saw them doing that tour um i haven't listened to their more recent stuff as much mm. but yeah that zaba album was like hugely influential you know um yeah. so yeah i think that that terminology of psychedelia like there's a lot of a com- big conversation in that i mean any any music that like you know um suggests an alternate state whether like hallucinogenic or yeah. just like lucid <laughs> dreaming or, or even just like the moment you're about to fall asleep like that is that's as much like psychedelic to me because you might be taking a substance to get there but you could also have a dream and what's the difference but sure like your mind is the same even like tra- i know i completely agree because even like i went to i remember going to a trance show trans trans music show and like i wasn't on anything and i was still just going like this is fucking this is tripping me the fuck out. Yeah, like, I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. And my friends were just like, have you not seen this type of music before? And I was just like, no, I've never seen or heard anything like this before. And it's making me feel really weird. Like, Who was that? I can't remember. It was some random show at a, at a, at a festival. I think it was like knock and stocking or something like that. There was just some trans music playing. And just, I was just like, Jesus, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. But even like, um, EDM music and all that stuff would, be, would have been completely alien to me for quite a while. And like, I remember like my sister, sister does like, well, what is she, techno, I suppose would be her oh, type cool. of stuff. But like, um, what was it? I remember hearing and just, and I used to just think mindlessly for ages. It was like, this is just fucking noise. <laughs> and then you kind of start listening to it a little bit properly. And you're kind of like, this is actually fucking, there's, there's, there is something very much here. And it mm, is, but mm. I also think it's, it, it, as soon as I saw it was a whole different story. I was like, now I kind of. Oh yeah. yeah, you need the live setting we, to really. Oh yeah, because for me this. it was just, but for me it was like I've like was listening to basically solely just heavy metal for years, and then I discovered Grimes. But um, what was it? Uh, <laughs> what a transition! <laughs> Grimes yeah, and that's uh, great. Grimes and Charlie XCX. But um, actually, you know, um, yeah, Grimes like that first single she put out that was like to me that was really. Which was the very first one? Was it Obl- Oblivion? Wasn't I'm the first of one? V- Visions. Am I right in saying it was Visions? Oh, vi- is Visions? No, is Visions not on Reality? No, no, okay. not on. It's on on uh, Art Angels. I might. Um, I'm probably not remembering. The, I don't the listen. Name I actually song, don't listen to her earlier stuff. I listen to like the. That's Oblivion. Oblivion I think. Okay. Yeah, Oblivion's an amazing song. Yeah, it was yeah. such a weird. Yeah, but very. I, I felt like that was very like, re- like heavily atmospheric. But you know, oh, it's yeah, almost yeah, yeah, a pop yeah. tune, isn't it? Really, you know. Yeah, but like it's she's just yeah it it is like it is pop music, but it I think that's why I was drawn to her. I I said this before. Like people are like, how the hell do you get into Charlie XCX? and grimes and stuff from like listening to like fucking trivium or godflesh and all these kind of bands and it's just like well i think it's because there is an atmosphere to it but there's also a lot of there's a lot going on so it's mm. not that simple kind of like you know kylie minogue well kylie, but you know what i mean like it's it there's so there's something just yeah noisy yeah. almost for me even if it is a delicate noise if that makes sense mm. yeah it's a bit of work involved in like figuring out what's going on yeah, yeah. or it's complicated enough that a certain mind um kind of needs that complexity to say interested in a certain track yeah 
but I'm I like differentiating but, it. But it's great. But like even me now, like I can listen to I listen, I fucking listen to anything these days. Like, but it just for so long it was just it just had to be metal, and I was and then mm. and then once I had the realization that I was like, you know, there's more to life than just heavy metal. I was just like, there's so much great music out there. <laughs> did you say that, or did somebody else say that? Uh, a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, where how did we get sidelined onto that? Oh, we're talking about psychedelic music yes and i suppose it was about the track yes. i never come back from these let this be known everybody that i came back from a, a ramble and, and i stayed on topic that will never happen again <laughs> but yeah that, that's the track anyway yeah yeah it was a gorgeous track and then i and then it was nice to see i was like because it's like uh, we've got two tracks this year and now we're getting we might be getting a third like you don't have we won't do any spoilers but if you if you could tell us even just a little bit or yeah maybe sure no i mean i've got like um i have an array of tracks right and the way that it's working is that like um they're like pretty much loaded up on the shotgun and they will be just <laughs> shot out <laughs> eventually <laughs> that was a very abstract way of explaining things um yeah so like i have a lot of tracks that are like at this like 75 percent of um finish line um i tend to not like want to change them all that much because i feel like a lot of the characters and in, in those they're demos yeah. like but oh, I um i could oh. yeah i mean i don't really go back and redo things as much as i like um you know I'm, i'll work on the drum sound i'll change aspects of them or I might re-record vocals if they need it sometimes i like the way that they just have a certain tone the first time around that yeah. i can never get back to the second time really um so I, yeah there's another batch of tracks um that have a similar kind of sound where they are like they're synthy they have a little bit of like kind of a um psyche edge to them maybe a little bit of a slightly more disco-y thing going on sweet but um yeah i feel like they kind of fit together in it with a kind of a character um yeah kind of sunny sounding uh electronic music with a little bit of like psyche thing going on in it you know yeah, well something very um, much to look forward to <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just really escape cool, like yeah. my next few days off it'll just be like okay that's my weekend for <laughs> finishing that track and yeah do you know actually the videos that you do because i know you did a visualizer and then you have a video coming out now for um 100 do you do those videos yourself yeah um i think part of the reason for like some of the delays that <laughs> excuse the bad English, <laughs> <laughs> my tongue um the delays between tracks is that like yeah i i'm putting together like a lot of different aspects and yeah so there's like the to track and i demo it i produce it i mix it and like the mixing for me is you know something i'm like you know heavily invested in at the moment like just focusing on um on having the tracks sounding as strong as they are yeah. so there's a lot of different things that, that i'm working on in that and it's funny because at the end it comes out as like i put a song out you know yeah yeah but like <laughs> yeah i feel like there's so much that's going on in the whole process and the artwork comes out and then the video but the video is yeah um it's like a lot of it is like archive footage you know it's um just find some stuff that like loosely fits with the track and mm. Um, have fun with it and you know like i'm just using this software after effects that like my flatmate des showed me and sarah hello after effects is a tricky one to, to i i use after effects as well and at, the, really? be at yeah. the beginning you're just like how the fuck does this work <laughs> yeah yeah there's so much yeah, out yeah. of it really yeah. and again it's down to limitations of like yeah i can't really afford to like you know i used to i used to like <laughs> not be sure if my rent was going to get paid because 
because I had a video coming out, or, you know, or because I just finished one. Yeah, they're fucking dear, man. Yeah, yeah, like a couple of grand or something like that, Jesus, and and yeah. then that's without any external budgets, like or factors, like hiring an actor, or all those yeah. other ideas. But yeah, so like everything has become really, really DIY, and I enjoy it. I you know I enjoy the process of getting better at these things. Um, sometimes miss working with other people on these things because you know someone for me it might take me like a couple of days working on the artwork for something. Yeah. And someone else might get it done in like four hours and then move on, you know, and or maybe not. I don't know. But like, but yeah, I get a lot of value out of doing that. So the video is the next video is really like it's archive footage again. Um, I'm just really just putting my phone camera like in front of me in my bedroom. I've got like a big <laughs> like you. I've got a big like white wall behind mm. me and I can just like, you know, if I dress in white, then the whole image is pretty much pretty much white yeah yeah, yeah. and there's camera tricks yeah Yeah, i don't know it's like (laughs) it's a really low budget thing and could be great or it could be terrible but like i've had a very strong talking to myself i've given myself a very strong talking to (laughs) recently where like you know i'm not allowed to dwell too much on these things because that's what i did before and and i didn't get things done so now i i work on something have an idea for it and I try to move on from it. Mm. I mean, I hyperfixate on the editing of these things, definitely. And then it's done. And once it's out, that's it. It's done, you know. Yeah. And I live with it. But like, it, after, after Effects is one of those things that like I'm I'm be similar. In, that's why I hate doing video and I love doing a video because I'll render it out and it might take you know whatever how long to render it and you'll just watch it. And then you'll see like even just a flick of something that's not there because I normally layer shit mm. up. Yeah. And if yeah. I see a flick of something, it's like. I have to go back in now and fuck. I just have to get it done. And sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes it can. You think it's gonna be like. I remember doing work for a guy, and he had me doing all his um his Instagram stories, and he wanted this very kind of complex uh, video of things coming in, and they were like ink blots. Like, do you ever see like a Rorschach test? Like, uh, do you ever no, see? No. A, you know the the ink thing where they show you and goes, "What do you see?" And it's like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah." yeah. So it's that kind of thing, yeah. but like having them splash in, and it was very complicated, but like. He would go, he's like, can we just take that tiny bit out? And he'd go, yeah, sure, I can do that. And he was like, I have, it's to, rethink, pre-composed. I have to rethink the whole <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, once you like wedge that all together, yeah, those yeah. 10 <laughs> images, that's done. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's like, it's amazing what you can do. You know, oh yeah, sure. And, and if you don't think you can do it, you fucking go on YouTube and go, how do you do this? Yeah, yeah. And you can find a very easy tutorial. But the thing is like, what I always find is that when you find the YouTube tutorial, YouTube tutorials, you'll find a video where it's like how to do this and it's like 20 minutes long but through like if you do it the way that it is and you start doing it uh, if you start changing it a little bit you'll find that after a while again through everything's like trial and error these days that you'll find quicker that's what's great about after effects there's so much ways to do stuff that you'll find Mm -hmm. little workarounds how to do everything yeah it's a fantastic program i'm very much to that like you know baby baby steps of this (laughs) you know yeah i mean masking that to me is like awesome (laughs) masking is (laughs) when you discover i remember discovering masking uh on photoshop and i was like wait what i don't have to cut the image out and the the person was like no (laughs) there's there's just so much to it really yeah yeah. like with the artwork actually for my tribe your tribe do you do you do that or do do you yeah you do that as well um like the images this i will take a source image and then i'll manipulate it so like i mean like if the source image is a photograph I did or else if it's an image that comes from elsewhere, mm. you know, the the colors will be initially from a source and then I just put it through GIMP and I 
work on GIMP graph. Uh, yeah, there's like a free software called, it's called GIMP. Yeah, R G I M P maybe, but uh, I've never heard of that. No, before, no, it's really really good. <laughs> it's like um, it's like a layman's Photoshop. Oh wow, well, okay. Um, so yeah, no, it's got like great tools in it, and yeah, it's just really like how can you churn an image inside out, and yeah. what can I do to take something that's kind of like simple. Bit to be a bit more complicated or whatever, so yeah, yeah, well, sure. Like, uh, like the um, I remember making these posters for uh, Monkey years ago, yeah, and they were all from just uh, like getting a gradient layer and then maybe like using the sphere tool and just seeing what you get out of <laughs> yeah, that. And it's going, Ooh, yeah. here we go. Uh, but the funny thing was, like, Zach afterwards was like, uh, he was like, oh, Cool, could we get that again? And I was just like, I actually don't fucking know how I made those posters, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, man. And you go through the uh, you go through the Photoshop file and you're just like trying to make heads or tails of like why, how everything but it is all mm. just like it's just tried it entirely trial and error but you do come out with some fuck, I think yeah, fucking around yeah. with shit you do get good stuff yeah yeah, yeah. You yeah can see it. like again it's just so much in that software and yeah have fun with it really yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think at this portion of the podcast this is when I ask you just the quick fire questions but they're not really quick fire you can take as much time as you want on them but I ask, I ask every guest of them I always say that the questions that I'll ask you if we were in the pub if you mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so I think the first one is I don't have them in front of me. Um, wait, no, I do. Uh, first question is, uh, what was the first and last album you bought? The first album I bought, um, are we talking about like, you know, when you're a, a real kid? Or are we talking oh, about yeah, like yeah, yeah. when, when no, you I don't, some dignity? No, no, no. <laughs> We're talking like, I'll, yeah, if you want, very first. My, my very first was Akon's Convicted and I still have it over there. Well, that's so, cool. No, know. it's not. <laughs> It's a terrible album. <laughs> it does have smack that on it. But it was cool then. <laughs> it was. It was not cool. That then. had some kind of edge to it, though. It had. Time, a, you know? yeah. yeah. What was the other one? Gangster Bop was the the other song on it. And okay, uh, right. nobody want to see us together. I wouldn't have messed with you on the playground. <laughs> you know. Um, my first album was. Well, I mean, I can tell the story about going into the shop and asking for Backstreet Boys with my mum. I love Backstreet Boys. They're yeah, nice. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's like I don't know. That was like the earliest, my earliest recollection of anything that was kind of funky, you know? Yeah, yeah, Also kind of kind of a dance thing. Oh, was this their comeback now? When they had Backstreet's uh, Back? Backstreet's Back. Oh, it no way. That's a, good, that's a great that one. That single. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I had like a recording of like the video for that, which was like live. I'm not sure. Do you remember that? But they were doing like, they had these backflipping dancers. Yeah, but they're like, oh no, I don't remember the live video. I just remember yeah. like it goes in and starts off with Huggy Bear from um, from uh, Starsky <laughs> and Hutch is the guy who takes them to the door. Right. And then there's just amazing dance sequence in that video with they're all playing different. Um, yeah, yeah. It was like a Halloween special. Halloween special. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was brilliant. Was, okay, there's that video. And then somehow I recorded this um I think it was like an MTV live thing. Okay. It was just that live. But I mean, like just seeing that on stage and yeah. people doing backflips when you're like nine. It's like, yeah, <laughs> rock and roll. But um, so, yeah, I went into this local shop in Portleash, Anthem Music, uh, where I would get my tapes from back in the day. Went in with mom and I was like, went up to the counter, asked for uh, Backstreet Boys. And the guy was like, now, do you want Backstreet Boys or do you want Beastie Boys? Oh, I love Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> And I got confused. I was like, well, do I want... I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I got it wrong and I want Beastie Boys. And he, like the album, there was like four of them 
stacked up like on the counter like and they were like Four the Beastie, Boys, Beastie Boys I looked it up before I came over like Hello Nasty oh, you know, the, I can't get that on vinyl anywhere really, can't get yeah. it on vinyl anywhere can get every other one can't get that one we'll find a way yeah. we'll find a way <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah that was like you know a fork in the road of like that could have changed my life completely <laughs> yeah. I could be dead right now big you know? difference yeah. <laughs> but anyway yeah, I stuck to my guns went for Backstreet Boys um, had some solid solid tracks on that uh, I sang along to that for a good few years yeah. afterwards you know um last one most recent one uh for record store day i got brian bennett's voyage album i don't know that actually um kind of like disco funk space right, funk. okay a lot of like noodly synthesizers 70s retro oh, Moog so, oh, synthesizers oh, right, okay. but it's you know got this like um yeah it's like disco really you know oh, 70s okay. disco uh he was the drummer for the shadows i think i don't know them either yeah i don't know them very well at all either either that's a great name um, for a band shadows the shadows i know cliff richard and the shadows yeah was it cliff richard's band there you go yeah oh, okay okay well that's supposedly. okay that changed yeah <laughs> what do you mean supposedly well, i don't know <laughs> was he, how long was he in the band for you know but uh yeah that was the last one um and i got well yeah that's all oh, that's enough for now I think, okay you know, that one yeah so then the next question was uh if there was something you could change by the Irish music scene, what would it be? Um, I, okay, yeah, the radio thing, right? <laughs> Here right. we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I thought radio was in a position where like things were starting to get better, and there were more outlets, and there, you like, there are still definitely opportunities for independent emerging artists to get ready to play and even above that level there's you know for for established irish bands there is radio play there to a certain extent but it seems like recently there have been more cuts to radio stations where certain certain radio djs are no longer given their slots anymore mm. um of course names will, will skip me right at the moment yeah. can you can you think of any like well okay an important one john barker okay totally irish um John Barker, all Irish show, um, featured so many Irish artists with, you know, for interviews over the years. Um, no longer, no longer available, no longer um, at all <coughs> on the station or, yeah, I don't know what the story is. Um, so the, like these outlets are like, you know, really important, yeah. but, um, another one I remember was yeah. Bruce Springsteen buying, was it Nova he bought? And then just hearing nonstop Bruce Springsteen, I was like, we just not if we get something else please sorry zach <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah like i think i think radio is in a bad state at the moment you know for for irish artists like beforehand there were let's say you know someone gives you a plug someone gives you a uh they play your new song and yeah. that's great and that's really important but it's consistency it's like you know get played once a day for um, I know there's like what you know 600 bands in the country and, yeah. and I know there's not enough you know place for that I understand but like I think uh, more consistency and regular radio play for for a lot of Irish artists mm. Um, I mean I'm not one to totally you know promote like quotas but in this particular case I think that like I don't know I, I think it's I think it's worth talk, talking about it at least yeah yeah, yeah. Um, especially when we're talking about like you know like broadcasters which are like semi-state right so yeah, yeah 
Um, so that's that's really the, the important one, I think. And I did like a you know um, a thesis in college, which is on like commercialism and radio, and then. I didn't really have much language around it or I didn't really understand it more as the end of the road of my dissertation was understanding, oh, it's commercial. Okay. Yeah. They make money from this. So they're in charge of their, their playlisting. They do what they do. It's commercialist. So get out of the way. That's what it is. But their perception of what music is deemed radio worthy on daytime radio is something that at this stage it's got to be outdated. A, a kind of like a concept that like the general daytime listener doesn't really know what they want or that they only want a specific style yeah. but like i feel like people's tastes people who you know from from all i don't know walks what to of life, say yeah, all yeah. walks of life like their taste is so much more advanced than it was when i was you know when i was like 17 18 like they're you know people are into like i don't know there was back in the Back in my day, there was like a, a person my age who, you know, had alternative interests. Yeah. And that person stood out for it. Whereas now people, a lot of people know techno and they know hip hop and they know like, you know, 70s stuff. Or like and they know the most obscure hip hop and the yeah, most obscure 70s stuff. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. totally, totally different now. Yeah. Like, so people are, they, they know good music. and But yet, like, daytime radio doesn't seem to represent that. It's gotten a lot better, but. That, that's my main gripe you know but like, I always wonder is it like because people say you know radio stations aren't as profitable as they are so it's like if we were to be profitable do we have to put on the, the shit the music that is profitable rather than taking a chance mm. and like it's like yeah. maybe we won't take the chance but I like I completely agree with you it's like like everybody that I'm friends with I know not everybody's whole life is music but most people that I know have very eclectic tastes and very yeah, yeah. very specific stuff that they really really like and I think most radio stations at least I would like to have at least one radio station that's solely just for Irish bands because the amount of Irish artists that, well, there, there probably is but like one that's like properly publicized like the, you know they're playing different artists around young artists around mm. Dublin or not around Dublin around Ireland all the time yeah because I would think that people would actually feckin listen to it as well yeah I think yeah. it's not like you know you play Irish artists on daytime radio and then the listenership go oh well you know I'm not yeah, interested no, they're probably going to be like hey they're playing next week yeah, you know like that yeah. kind of thing like yeah people will will <laughs> nurture the Irish artists so yeah. you know it's like there'll be an element of maybe support you know to be kind of like oh no we're you know we're as the listeners we're giving people this leg up or we're going to their gigs now we know they're emerging but no let's let's get into this this yeah. is our culture irish culture is like you know founded on creativity or maybe oh I'm, yeah you know that no i, I know say, exactly like, what you mean we support it you know we we talk about it once it's successful mm. but i'm not really sure whether people are aware of what is good yeah um at a at an emerging level that sounds really strange to say does it uh, <laughs> as in yeah i know what you're trying to say I, yeah I, I, maybe I, i'm getting the wording out wrong here yeah no but like like well you're not you can't put anything on the radio do you, know? you can't just you can't just put this on on just because a new band has a song out and it's kind of like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there has to be some form of standard i suppose <laughs> well yeah i mean there's like the thought of what is profitable and then separately to that there's just like what music just sounds like it's just good music yeah. and um yeah i don't know it's like maybe there just needs to be like a an updated system for like looking into sifting through and and deciding you know in, in a new way like what 
what Irish artists suit this, um, this playlisting. Yeah, the, yeah, because like uh, there's such a well of Irish music at the moment that's so good that it actually you do see bands in like you know you go to Sinead or something like that and you see a gig and they're fucking amazing yeah and you'll find that they have like you know not equating everything to likes and stuff but they don't exactly have much of a crazy following and you're yeah. just like yeah it's like how does this band not have a crazy following like it must be so yeah, hard to get discovered yeah. it'd be nice to have a radio channel that just at least gives a platform to just like you know they'll listen to it and they go we'll play this or they'll listen to it and they won't play it's not the end of the world they won't mm, play it but mm. just to have that it's just something there like yeah yeah I suppose in some ways, like, um, thinking about management and labels who come and, you know, work with Irish bands and, and then bands progress from emerging stage to, like, developed stage yeah. and internationally touring stage. Sometimes I wish that there was, like, more of a gamble taken on more artists. Mm. But, uh, I mean, that just comes down to, like, I don't know, management and labels... Um, tastes and what they what they feel is like viable what works but um yeah it seems like there's a, a many more bands who could be like take the gamble on them you know just yeah because i don't know maybe when i was younger i used to feel like oh certain bands have made it and and then therefore like in my mind they're sensational like they're a higher breed of like you know of artists and then you listen to them and they're shite. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, that's part and parcel of yeah, it too. Yeah. But like, <laughs> sometimes. Do you ever see those bands you're just like, how the hell did they get signed? Like, <laughs> but I mean, I was thinking about that too. Like that's, I mean, some of those bands get signed and go far. And that is what differentiates them. Yeah. is getting support as an infrastructure for them there. And so there's not, I don't know whether it, there's that much difference between like the, you know, the band that you just, you know, like, like they're the band you see around, and they're playing locally, and they're not really making that much, like you know, progress yeah, in terms of getting further. Stuff, yeah, yeah. And none other band does. But there's actually, I don't know if there's that much of a difference. Only someone has said, someone has put an infrastructure around them and said, no, we can work with this and we can yeah. push this forward. Um, because I think a lot of bands, had they been given that chance, probably would have gone very far, and there would have been a viable audience. Mm. But but I suppose when there's a lot of money involved in 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 lifting someone up and working with them, like, yeah, I mean, if I was in if I was about to sign that band, I wouldn't do it quickly or easily. I'd, you know, be carefully considered and Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, you never know until you're there and you're actually doing the signing. The international thing with signing does work really weird. Like have you ever heard of like bands that just like say for instance like Jedward I think made a lot of money in Germany and you're just like what how does that work or like Brian McFadden I think made a lot of money in Australia and you're just like but he didn't ma- he didn't do much here in his solo stuff and like how does yeah. how does this out like like what what's here what's not working here that's for some reason like like was it David Hasselhoff was the famous German one that <laughs> like made a fucking fortune over in Germany you're just like really <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I suppose he is yeah. is Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff a German name Oh yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. German name, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there are yeah, there are bands who work well outside of the country and yet like don't so much in in their own in country. Their own country, yeah. And maybe it's pretty... just like sorry, like maybe it's just like the size of the country and the population, so that, oh, that you know, sense. like f- an alternative listening audience in Ireland would be a certain percentage, you know. Whereas, yeah, yeah. like, so what? I don't know, like an arbitrary figure, like forty percent or something, being like people who are interested in something a bit off kilter or whatever. And then that in Eng- England is like a much larger thing. And then Germany, it's bigger again. Mm-hmm. Or 
and in america like i think america is amazing because there's so many bands who like who do quite well there touring who i don't think if they were an irish band would have got signed yeah because someone is able to say no like they're a good band and and there's like a touring structure for them there and and then sometimes it reaches ireland and in a lot of cases they actually don't reach ireland for a while but like yeah it seems like because there's a larger area larger touring area um larger population of an alternative audience if there is an alternative audience anymore i don't know but like don't, yeah, yeah it's kind of yeah alternative like you knew you knew what it meant in the 90s and then you're kind of like what does it mean now yeah, to be alternative? yeah yeah like yeah. in the 90s i always would associate alternative with like nirvana or like um my believe valentine or something that's what i would have called alternative where it's mm, like it could be mm. anything now maybe something that's like challenging to listen to yeah. that's not like designed to be easy listening mm. radio Sp easy listening yeah yeah it's funny do you ever like the, i remember what was it you hear about bands that are that are really really good that don't break america that go over to america it's like that boggles my mind yeah. it's like for a country that yeah. is so much shit coming out of it all the time not shit i mean like you know but like so much stuff like you hear like blur apparently never broken in america and you're really? like how the yeah. fuck did wow, like never yeah. to the extent never to what they thought they were going to like they yeah, weren't a big yeah. band but i think oasis got there first or something mm. so putting a flag on the moon who got there first yeah yeah oasis or blur, blur. too many pop bands <laughs> going for the same chunk of the pie yeah, yeah. but uh, i guess we'll, we'll move on to the next question which is uh what is it i should have these in front of me uh okay so the next question is uh if you want to collab with anybody who would it be if you collab with anybody at all i think yeah the first would be amac someone who just seems to have a to very that. strong vision and for many of the gigs that i've seen i've been quite heavily electronic um yeah it just seems to have a very very strong idea of like who she wants to be or what amac is um and also seems to be like totally open to just flipping that over as mm. well and whenever that needs to change that changes so someone who's very like free to explore that too um i saw alex goff once before and alex goff i think he's from cork who's that who's he's alex college goff? in cork maybe he's a he's a hip-hop artist um mm. great live band um yeah definitely someone that that i would like to work with um they're like people who are like you know within the country yeah similar i don't know no amac is a great one because like as I, as I was saying to you earlier when we were having coffee i was just like i didn't realize that she was irish for about a year and yeah then it was, yeah she and could it was, be icelandic or something yeah. but it was like it, it was we were at a i was at a friend's house at like three o'clock in the morning and we were taking turns on music videos and then her one for a new friend come on i was just like that place looked really some and then yeah she's irish i was like never knew and then she has that did you ever watch her on the late late show uh was it I, earlier on or i think it was I more recently remember, i can't remember, no i don't think it was i just remember it was just i just like just seeing the vocals because i was just like i like new friend for me was like shit mm. the fucking beat in this is amazing yeah, yeah yeah and then you forget that just a phenomenal singer as well mm, mm. um no just <clears throat> a really I, I haven't seen her live now i'd love to see her live um, um i'd say she's fantastic yeah yeah <coughs> besides so the that, was, performance. that was amac um do you know there's completely off the off topic in a way <laughs> not off topic but uh, a different style of artist altogether there was one guy who um who i came across in nyquist um, yeah this is I mean, he's like quite an electronic ambient artist okay but like um yeah like 
I was kind of blown away by that album. I forget what it's called, you know, Bluey covered one, but it's uh, yeah, it's really gorgeous, like electronic ambient stuff. Uh, just an album that popped into my mind there. Um, that like gets a little bit of like you know, um, radio play. I think on lyric. Is it like floating points? Is it? Kind um, of stuff it's it's more floaty than floating points. Okay. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Yeah, like it's less beat orientated. Is I mean, it's almost like an ambient album, really. Like Brian Eno, contemporary almost. classical kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, Brian Eno, like yeah. Um, that would be a, a similar ballpark area for I, sure. Yeah, I remember when we were in college, we had to do one of these things that Brian Eno uses to, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like these cards, and you get them. And Brian Eno uses it to to make. He used it originally to make music when he was doing what was that album he had, The Great Green World or something like that. He had that album in the seventies, mm. but basically what it is is like it's these cards that make you do something that's meant to spur on imagination but there's these really right, fucking right. annoying mundane things and it's like draw a wall or some shit right, like that right. but we, we were made to do them for a day and i was like i fucking hate this and um and i was just, and uh i found out that when they're making is oh great green earth or something like that it's a brian new album from the 70s might even be the 60s actually mm. um it has a song on it called saint elmo's fire i think or something right. along those lines yeah but phil collins was doing the drumming on that album and I was reading, I was like, how the, f-? I was like, I wonder how they got on using that system. And supposedly, <laughs> Brian Eno left Phil Collins with using that system to create these, to, for the drums, the album. Yeah. And when he came back, all he found was uh, Phil Collins chucking beer cans at his drum kit in complete <laughs> frustration. Because <Totally. laughs> wow. it's just so annoying. Like, I have to, I have to find out what it's called after this, but um yeah, I used it for a day, and it's like this is this is just designed to piss people off. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> some artists seem to be really good with using like I don't know certain methods to kind of unlock their creativity. Like, yeah, you know? no, it just more, it doesn't work for me now. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Kinsey, Kinsey's one. Who's um, Kinsey? Kinsey, Dublin-based artist. So far as I gather, I feel um, like I don't know any Irish artists. There's so many of them. Well, there are like, so <laughs> many of them. Yeah, I mean, most of them we don't know because there's that many. But yeah. like, no, Kinsey's. Um, she, she seems to have a pretty like you know determined sound as well like she knows what she's doing um it's yeah it's kind of like grungy uh grungy indie um, oh, okay. kind of like yeah arty grungy indie basically like the yeah name, kind anyway. of just good uh songwriting really when it comes down to like can just write like a, a banging you know three minute song yeah. um has a strong start middle and an end really you know and synth elements in it and some kind of gnarly guitars i have to give that a look as well yeah yeah definitely um and so uh the second last question is what can we expect from you in the next couple of year in the next year um i want to get gigging again that yeah, is man, really yeah. important yeah um because i'm getting towards the end of the, the stage of, <laughs> of, of enjoying being the bedroom artist yeah you know um i We'll be putting a live band together very soon. And Sweet. I've been talking to mates about that. So that's happening in the next little while. Um, going to keep on putting out like this, the, the remainder of these singles, the collection of singles. Um, yeah, there's some other other bits. Um, to be honest, I have, a, I have like a, you could call it an album, um, like a collection of tracks from 2018 that I was doing when i was basically getting ready to put out the first album the album yeah and uh i had a lot of fun with it um i just had a lot of time back then um i was just exploring stuff yeah um so i basically just want to go and mix that finish production on it and mix it and just throw it out because oh, it's wow, something from exciting. like yeah it's something from like 
four years ago now and it just needs to be put out there. Call it a rarities album, isn't it? Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it is a bit like that, yeah, because there's a few different nooks and crannies. You know, I was just like working on my songwriting of like, you know, can I do like a track? Can I get a track done in a day? I do another one and do another one. And um, and I like listening to it, you know, I still I still like it and it got lost somewhere for a while. And um, yeah, like now I, I just feel like it needs to be put out there. And But I don't think I'm going to have like the facility to like, you know make it a band album yeah. as much as it could be so it'll it'll be like yeah it'll, it'll be a collection of tracks that will just suddenly appear somewhere Looking class. <laughs> and then i'll move on to the next stage of stuff so yeah awesome a lot of, a lot of catch up on really and so uh the final question that I, I always this is always the final question is what do you enjoy most about the art that you make um when things are going really well i feel really connected to people yeah mm. when when i'm performing when i'm rehearsing um yeah i just i feel like i'm kind of where i'm meant to be and there's been a long phase where that hasn't been happening and i only really copped that recently that like like that's a big part of my life yeah and it's something that has been kind of like you know put away for quite a while Um, so yeah that's like that's what i'm really looking forward to actually being the person who's like you know presenting this all yeah and who you get to meet along the way doing it. So far as like, you know, making the music itself, like stylistically being able to allow myself just be in a room on my own and, you know, ex explore styles and explore like how, what kind of color I can put out there and uh, playing with, I suppose playing with that level of like, um, where you're almost, in a hypnotic state where you're making music and you're deeply in a zone and the connection you're making with yourself is kind of like you're just undercurrents of your subconscious coming up yeah. and it's a very um it's a very nice place to be in when you're kind of like tapped into something and um when you're tapped into that place where there's like you know old hidden emotions that are kind of popping up and i like that place where it's almost like you know where you where you are now is is like just meeting your subconscious yeah, yeah like yeah. you're half awake half in a dream and i felt when i was like performing a few years ago that i was like that i was i was in grand social i remember one night and i felt like i was trying to like 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 i was trying to like let people in on the dream you know mm. what i mean and on that feeling like yeah, yeah. to kind of push that to them or something yeah so that's a lovely feeling yeah. i'd say it is it is a, the mm. otherworldly like mm. yeah but um well thank you that's every that's all the questions i have for you today man thank cool. you so much yeah. for the amazing yeah. chat Thanks it's been so fantastic much having, having you on oh no problem at all <laughs> thank you so much for coming down um yeah i guess and then oh where can everybody find your stuff yeah Sorry, um yeah. all over the social media um i have most of my catalog on bandcamp um most on spotify they're the main places really um all the social medias really all you know <laughs> all right man well thanks very much brilliant thanks for having me no problem thank Anytime. you come back whenever you want <laughs> <laughs>
if you want to hear more content like the episode you just listened to, uh, please drop me a follow on whatever podcast streaming service you're listening to this episode on. It really, really helps me out. I honestly would greatly appreciate it. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the whole episode, and I hope you have a great week.